Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to Arrest or Mimics. This is the original thinking and creative innovation podcast. My name is Ben Talon. I'm your host. I hope you've been enjoying the show and I hope you're all well today. Um, DNA D Festival specials. What did you think? Two parters. Uh, so much going on there. A huge thanks to the guys at DNA D for having me in in the first place. And wonderful feedback. Really nice, varied show. More of a journalistic deal going on there. Uh, a bit of a first for me. I was on site at the inaugural festival where there was a, a stunning body of work from design to illustration and photography, all sorts of really cool stuff. Uh, first episode, of course, with the president, Andy Sandos, and then lots of other people on part two, uh, Annie Atkins, Grand Budapest Hotel designer, Timber Smiths of Little White Lies, uh, portfolio surgeries from the AOI, so much going on, and a really good insight to the festival, whether you were there or not. Go back and check that out, two parts, easy to find. As ever, soundcloud.com. Uh, forward slash arrest or mimics. Hit us up on Twitter uh, with any feedback. Uh, as more and more people are doing now, which is really cool, at Arrest on the Mix. We're also on facebook.com forward slash Arrest on the Mix. Uh, it's really, really cool. The listenership seems to be going up all the time, which is so exciting for me. I love doing this show, I, I love the arts, and let me tell you, I have got an increasingly heavyweight range of guests coming up. Uh, I met Adrian Shaughnessy the other night uh, at the Royal College of Art, uh, just go and look him up. Adrian Shaughnessy is a British graphic design legend. So he steered so many awesome projects over the years with his design label and uh, design company, I should say. And now he's in publishing. He's the head tutor at, uh, you know, on graphic design at the Royal College of Art. Can't wait to bring in that show. It's going to be a few episodes time, but keep your eyes out for that. But without further ado, today's guest, Caroline Hans. Caroline is an artist, primarily a painter, but she's just such a vibrant personality. And when I moved into my studios uh, at Second Floor at Studios and Arts in between Greenwich and Woolwich, Caroline uh, was on site and I helped to move in. And there's just these this archive of amazing paintings from all over the world. She's very well travelled, so we're going to talk about the benefits of travel and influencing your artwork. Uh, lots of awesome travel stories. Um, Caroline's been in the game a long time, uh, several decades, and she's just got so much experience to share with us. We're going to talk about galleries, and primarily we're going to be talking about her upcoming solo show in in London at No Format Gallery. Um, and you can catch the show down there. It's going to be... It's, the title of the show is White Bird Flew to Blue, and it's a solo show spanning different timescales, and it's fe- uh, featuring works inspired by dance, nature, and uh, time in Asia. Awesome stories from living in lotus villages in China. Just really, really cool stuff. Uh, Caroline embodies everything that's interesting about an artist, about her life experiences. Hugely busy paintings with so many, uh, you know, vibrant colours and just it's just brilliant, it's a great insight just to the life of an artist and how exciting it can be and you know the travel aspect is really key now especially as the world becomes more and more, more mobile 
So the preview for the show is June the 9th at No Format Gallery from 6pm and that's down at Second Floor Studios and Arts, Harrington Way, Woolwich and that's SE185NR. So please do come down, I'll be there at the show, come say hello, come chat, come tell me why you need to be on the show and who I need to be interviewing. I need suggestions from you guys so let me know if there's somebody you would like to hear from. Always open to suggestion. Um... Thanks to the sponsors for the show, as ever. Today's sponsors, Illustration Limited. Go and check them out, illustrationweb.com. So many awesome illustrators, animators, set designers, lettering specialists, you uh, you name it, and a really helpful, friendly team. Um, And, of course, Heart Internet, who bring us a different SEO and social media tip for every episode, because we all need this stuff. And today's tip is about specifics, like localise your website and the key terms, whether it's in meta tags, in project descriptions. So if you're a graphic designer, don't just describe yourself as whoever you are, graphic designer, because that means you're competing against the entire world of graphic designers. And let's face it, you're going to get lost in the millions and millions of designers. Um, So what you actually need to do is, you know, think specifics, think what sets you apart, you know, are you a print graphic designer, still, you're going to be in a massive field of competition with all the other print designers, so think about, you know, if you're designing for a lot of music magazines, music print designer, you know, you're going to start narrowing down the field if you get where I'm coming from, if you design for local brands and you want to make a local presence, then really use that and, you know, go right within your borough, if you're in Chiswick, for example, you know, use that, If, if you're in Leeds, let people know, you know, uh, what sets you apart? Think unique when it comes to search terms and meta tags and page names and the overall description of your website and the titles. So pretty cool stuff, pretty useful stuff. We all need that. We all need our websites bumping up the rankings. We need to be prominent on social media. So bear all that in mind. Heartinternet.co.uk uh, bringing us the tips. Um, I'm using every one of these. That's no bullshit. I'm building a brand new website which is going to be launched in a couple of weeks and this is absolute golden stuff from Heart, so go and check them out. They do hosting, they do domain names, they've got loads of advice from the really cool videos for an up-and-coming company. So thanks to them for the tip today. So I hope you enjoy the conversation with Caroline. As I mentioned before, let us know your feedback on all the social media channels. Share the show, subscribe on iTunes if you get the chance. Uh, so let's get to it. I meet Caroline uh, midweek in the build-up to her show. She kindly t- takes time out of her schedule, busy making huge new artworks, to sit down and share a lifetime of experience and awesome travel stories and her views on the art world. Enjoy. So, well, okay, well, we may as well start with your show, uh, seeing as that's coming up very soon. And yep. uh, I've got it written down here, The White Bird Flew to Blue. I like the title. Yeah. <laughs> so is there a theme for the show? Actually, first of all, just for the listeners, um, how would I describe you? Painter, artist? I don't, I don't know quite what to what to call you professionally. Yeah, I'm an artist. Always have been. Always yeah. will be. Yeah. Um, I use all sorts of different materials. Uh, mainly painting, but uh, I, I just love materials to use. Mm. And I recycle a lot and I get given all sorts of bits and pieces because I used to run a lot of workshops and artisan schools projects and I just get ideas from everything I mean I have to really pull myself away from skips and rubbish bits because (laughs) I just think oh that would be good for that oh I could make that and uh, yeah it just tumbles over itself a bit (laughs) to that point um, I remember starting college when I was 
17, just turned 17, and um, my old shooter, Bill, who I'm still friends with, who was a really great guide, uh, guidance for me in my career. And he said to us on day one, you know, we're all sat around sort of teenagers that didn't know each other, and he said, uh, trust me, within six months, you'll all be rooting around in skips. And, you know, <laughs> and we all laughed, oh, what's wrong with this guy? You know, lo and behold, we were. Um, so... I, thought, I, have, I can completely relate to that. I have been all my life, I think. Yeah, I mean, I started off doing a fashion course way, way back, which used to make the kids laugh hilariously when I was in school. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to make copper wigs and do all sorts of wacky things. You yeah, know, just uh, just plain. Just always different things. Well, mm. then my half-sister in Canada, she sent me a, a newspaper cutting of this copper wig going for a fortune in New York, just sort of about a few months after I'd made it. So, yeah. I don't know, it probably was just somebody having the same idea at the same time. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't mine, sadly. That'll, uh, that'll register somewhere in my subconscious now, copper wig, so look out for that in a few years' time. It'll emerge in some... It was a long time ago. ...some dark manner. <laughs> so where are you from originally, Carl? I've never asked you that. Oh, yeah. where am I from? England? Um, <laughs> suburbs of London, yeah. but I spent a lot of time with my grandmother in the country in Somerset. Yeah. So I've always spent a lot of time in the country, but um, in cities too, I suppose, a bit yeah. of a mixture. I mean, I've only had a plate, I only lived in one place, but I've always travelled around. I'm a bit of an old traveller, really. Yeah. I mean, I think that shows in your work. It's just, there's so much... You can just see the uh, the sheer amount of influence and, and and inspiration in it. You know, it's it's I'm lost for a word to describe it. But there's there's so much going on. But but you can see you're a person that's seen the world. You know, it's almost like there's so much travel influence in it. I just love different cultures. I mean, as a kid, my my dad took me to the British Museum a lot, and I I just loved it. I was just mesmerised, and mm. it's influenced my whole life. That more than anything else, I think. Yeah. I just. Well, the reason I've come back to London is I just I have to be with different cultures and different mm. people from all over the world. I find it really exciting been, and interesting. Uh, and we learn so much from each other, and that's a lot what my work's about. That's you know I, I, I'm right on board with that because I'm from a small town in Yorkshire and I didn't leave there till I was twenty, which is brilliant because I got a lot of my sense of humour. My character was really built by meeting honest friends, and you know my family were great, um, but. I remember coming from Preston where I was at uni to London for the first time and I stayed in a hostel in Brixton above, uh, above the Hootenanny which had a reputation as being the pub where anything went um, and it was great I met people from all over the world and it was the first time I'd had a truly kind of international experience of mm. meeting all these people with yeah. all these stories and it just it lit something up inside of me and it, I think there was a real turning point yeah you know? All my best mates were always from Yorkshire when I was at college. <laughs> <laughs> I loved them. Just direct, blunt. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> I don't mind that. They're like that in China. Yeah. <laughs> quite a lot of bluntness, which I which quite like. I think he's, he's good as an artist sometimes. I think, I think sometimes it's easy to sort of tap dance around and not, and not want to offend someone, whereas sometimes what an artist needs to hear is the truth and an honest assessment of their work because you spend so much time staring at it that it's easy to get lost in there and lose sight of it, you know? Yeah, but people see things in different ways, so it's a balance between listening and observing and learning from people, but also being strong enough to mm. go your own way filtering, as well. Yeah, and, filtering, yeah, uh, filtering the good advice. Just listening and watching and, and then... Going your path. Yeah. 
So did you have a, were you a, from an artistic family? You said your dad took you to the, the British Museum. Not really. I mean, my mum went to the Royal Academy of Music um, way back, doing viola and things like that. But, um, no, I don't know. My mother's side, she was a vicar's daughter, which uh, mm. <laughs> I don't think I went, I didn't carry that on particularly. No. <laughs> But, um, I don't think it would have been anyone yeah, as no, exciting I mean, as you are now, if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I left school, really. I, I went to a horrific school, sent away, and uh, I left school at about 14. Mm. So uh, uh, I just sort of found my own way in different ways, and then I went to art college quite young. Um and just uh, kept going ever yeah. since in different ways, yeah. you know, one way and another. You know, I've been lucky in some ways, but it's been very tough in other ways. So, yeah. you know, course, we've all yeah. got different things. So what, what were you sort of first, did you, um, did you gravitate towards painting quite early or did you, what sort of art college was, was it? No, I went, what happened first was uh, I was very young and they said, what do you think you want to do? And I said, oh, well, I think I might want to do fashion. I mean, I was too young to know at all. I mean, I'd always been drawing and painting, yeah. And then I was there for a a while and I thought, no. And that's when I started doing copper wigs and everything. And I thought, no, this isn't for me. So I went to the principal and I said, right, I want to do my own course. I want to do theatre design, photography, um, sculpture... Um, not painting, all all sorts of diff- general visual research. When you said do you your know. own course, did you mean lead a course or did you mean you wanted to sort I of... wanted to design my own course and do it. And, okay. and I was so determined, I knew that's what I was going to do and no one was going to stop me. I'm a bit brilliant. like that. That's brilliant though, that's real and, uh, vision. And the guy, yeah, the guy really respected me and he said, okay, but you won't get a diploma or anything. And I said, well, I don't care, it's, I just need to do my work. Brilliant. And I did my work and uh, then they were, they were really pleased actually. And then I, they gave me a big space at the bottom of the college and a um, big room and I put on this exhibition and then... People came and the Royal College came and they said, yeah, you can come to the Royal College. I said, I haven't got any A-levels and hardly any O-levels or anything. It doesn't matter, we love your work. And, <laughs> but then I said, oh, well, I think I want to do the film course. And so they said, uh, nah, you can't come if you want to do the film course because you need A-levels for that. Cause yeah. I suppose all the academic. So, I mean, I was really young and naive and I just sort of let it drop, sadly. But... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, I suppose I've always known that I just had to do my work, whatever, you mm. know, whether it was within a, a, you know, an establishment or whatever. So yeah. at the time, I, I knew I was going to go on, so, which was, when I think about it, a bit sad in some ways, because maybe that would have given me more support. And yeah. But it wasn't a case of an arrogance or anything like that. It was just, I was, I was just really young and naive. I think those compulsions you know? can't be ignored either. You know, I think I, there are just things you have to do as a creative person. Then a path you have to follow sometimes. And if something feels instinctively right. Also, I think, I think it shows vision. I mean, what, I mean, what, when would we be talking? I mean, what? Oh, this is 60s. 60s, right. So, yeah, yeah. so I would, so I would guess that such a multimedia I was, I was amalgamation just, of things was not really a, something that was would exist as a. I was one course. of the first people in London to to do a mixed media course. There weren't mm. any at that point in time. But clearly, you. But it was the obvious you, you thing had, for me to do. Clearly, even if it was even if it was um, almost like an early, 
a, a you know not fully formed idea. You will, you will, you clearly had an appreciation of the need for different influence and for that yeah. amalgamation of of different disciplines, which which yeah. I preach all the time now to people to go and widen their horizons and yeah. listen to different music, read different books. And I yeah. think you 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 clearly knew something about that at an early age. Whether it was just an in, an interest and a, a, you were drawn towards all those things, but um, I think it's you know. You're you're a wise lady, and I think it shows. You know? <laughs> crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> crazy is an asset. Yeah, quite in crazy. this industry, crazy is an asset. <laughs> well, I've I've not been bad at taking leaps. I mean, really crazy leaps. Mm. Remember the Hammersmith Bridge one I told you about? Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us that again? <laughs> that was a rag stunt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I um, I do take leaps. And sometimes I make an absolute idiot of myself, and other times it really flows through. So you you've just got to tell me that story. You you've got to tell me that story again. Just for, I can't not tell the listeners that story, the Hammersmith Bridge <laughs> story. It was just a rag stunt, you know. And, and uh, I don't know, we went to Hammersmith Bridge, a whole crowd of us, and I was in the sheet as a sort of druid's outfit or whatever. <laughs> and I started climbing up the bridge. I mean, it must have been completely nuts. And then I just leapt off. And then <laughs> it was front page of the Daily Sketch, me <laughs> leaping off Hammersmith Bridge. Wow. But I have to tell you, yes, recently when I went to Turkey... Um, and I thought, I went on this day trip on this boat and, and, you know, all these young people, well, there weren't that many actually, were leaping off the top of the boat. And I was standing there thinking, you're not past it, you're not past it. <laughs> so, so I went up there and I leapt off and they like, and, wow. they, and they just looked the other way like, who's this? <laughs> Older woman leaping off, Tremendous. and I did it twice. I was wow! So <laughs> yeah, not satisfied with women. I love that. I was so pleased. That spirit. But it was. It just. It was. It signified to me that I. I had to do it in a way. Ooh. I mean, crazy, but I had to do it to sort of remind myself I could keep leaping. And uh, that's that's a really. It's powerful, actually. That aside from it being a hilarious story, it's, it's a very. That's a very powerful message because. Um, I think, sadly, uh, and sort of supposedly, supposedly creative disciplines are full of people who've just settled for you know whatever it is that pays the bills, and they've lost sight of of why they went to art college or why they wanted to draw in the first place. Mm. And it's and, and I empathise with that completely because yeah, I get briefs where I'm sat sort of tearing my hair out. Luckily, a few and far between these days because I've I've held quite strong to my own my own path and I knew what I wanted Ben Talon to be, and it's getting there now. But um, and it'll always change. But I think that there are so many people who've strayed from that path, and it's hard to come back sometimes when you when you get trapped by material assets or whether it's just um, you carve a style that that is so recognisable that it's hard to break away from. You mm. know, almost. Um, you know, it's tough. It's very very hard work. And it's 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 mm. tough. There's no getting around that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's it's a. I mean, I would rather go and clean houses and you know do other things like that than sell my soul to have to I work agree. in one way or another because mm. the work is absolutely the most important thing. Yeah. That I do it to my own integrity and 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 how I do it in a way. Yeah. But it's also as you were talking earlier, it's got to be fed. You know, it really has. I mean, I'm always listening, looking, you know, taking in things. I mean, it's got to be informed in different ways. Not by 
not necessarily by other people's work, but just by life, by what's happening around me. I um, I was at the DNAD festival last week, which is the first one they've done. I don't know if you're aware of them. It's the design and art direction. So it started in '62, I think, and they've always been they've always championed like the it's like commercial creative creative advertising and, and design basically. But they, I mean, it is really striking forward-thinking work. Always has been, and they've got a real high standard of for the awards. Always have really, you know, the panels of judges are very much people who are credible to, to make the decisions. It's not a voting system. And anyway, um, I went down to the Fed, the, the very first festival last week to interview a number of people from the NAD speakers who were on at the event. Uh, it was a real inspiring experience. But right at the start of the festival I was able to get hold of the press people and, and they put me in touch with the, the president every year they have a different president and he's someone who's really kind of earned that spot a certain creative director or whoever it is every year who steers the direction of the company and it, this year it's Andy Sandoz um, and I went down and spent an hour chatting to him on Monday night I think no Wednesday and I came away so inspired because he had he, exactly what you've said then he was he does a lot of talks and he always says you know what you put in your head is imperative that's that's Mm. You know, he was talking about the sort of, you know, we're in a state of flux at the minute. We need more creative thinkers, whether in whatever discipline. And he was saying that definitely, it's so important to put ideas out, put them out early. Don't don't hang, don't hold them back and hold on to them. Put them yeah. out, let them evolve, let them develop from inspiration yeah. and the things that. And it's just a, re, a real sort of revelatory conversation for me to have with, you know, the word president doesn't always inspire creativity. So I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect of Andy. I hadn't heard of him before. Yeah, I went down there and you know, I came away with just. It validated all these quirky little projects that I'd almost been holding mm. back or cautious on, and I came back and thought, "No, that, you know what? I have to do that. I have to do that stuff." I love the festival hall. I think it's mm. one. I mean, not just the, just the idea, you know, what Jude Kelly's done. Just the idea of what happens there and people, all the free stuff, and yeah. it's just a brilliant, brilliant venue. That. Um, but one thing I, I loved about, you know, I spent a lot of time in China. Mm. And one thing I loved about China was this this let's do it attitude all the time. Yeah. So exciting. So exciting. How long have you spent in China? On and off for seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And did you did you move there for a reason or was it just a sort of Well I'd always again from the British Museum I just love all the artifacts and the works and just the and Chinese paint. I just love I'd always got a feeling about China. Yeah, you know, I used to think of Shanghai and Hong Kong. Well, Hong Kong is so different from mainland China, but uh, I just was always aware of the place. And when I went there, I just, I just loved it. I just mm. really loved it, you know, because it's not necessarily it's government, you know. Yeah. So uh, it just, I found the people really exciting and just invigorating. Yeah. Just the attitude and Did you speak what language I wanted to do. Um, no, I think if I'd gone when I was younger, I'd have learnt it. But yeah. it's pretty tricky because you have to get the sound right, yeah. otherwise it means something totally different. How did you but find But in that? a way, I don't mind not speaking a language. Mm. I mean, I'm not brilliant with words. And uh, I just love the, the fact of trying to communicate in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. I remember, uh, and all my friends were Chinese... It was all through Chinese people, the whole thing. Um, and they gave me a house to live in a wow. Lotus Village. And they said, do you want to live with the farmers or the artists? So I said, the farmers, because I thought I'd get more work done and it would be more interesting in a way. Yeah. You know? And so I lived in this house in this uh, Lotus, yeah, this Lotus Village. It was fascinating. 
and and that was very much accepted because they realised that yeah. that I was all right, you know, yeah. and that I did just fit in, and yeah. and then later I was given a great big studio in in Beijing, and wow. I just lived in a cupboard. Yeah, it was just like a cupboard and a very, and then later a you know, arts university on the hardest bed I've ever slept on in my life, and I'm pretty good at sleeping on the floor, but uh, this hard bed was too much. I had to borrow an extra quilt from somewhere. But, yeah, it was just completely fascinating. And then I got lifts up to um, Gator, which where they were, they were inaugurating this new temple, and there were, there were no foreigners up there at all because... You'd either have to hire a car hmm. or get a bu- and there were no buses, and I couldn't afford to hire a car or anything. But I was given a lift in this old truck through some of my Chinese friends who'd got me someone to to take me up there. And and it was and then we stayed at this Rinpoche place, which, uh, his house, his residence, because um, other people. Oh, I'm losing it. <laughs> anyway, I saw all this one. I love dance from different countries, and I've got all this uh, footage of different dance from all over the world. Yeah. And and wherever I go somewhere, I I sort of just keep my ears and eyes open for the dance, and I usually find it without because I don't look at a lot of maps or do a lot of. I just let my senses and my intuition work yeah. and that's what I'm best at yes that's definitely what I'm best at because I reckon if you're looking at a screen too much or if you're looking at if you're being informed in ways of always being told exactly what to do you lose an intuition as well so it's sort of subtly putting the two together and yeah. then putting it out you know yeah. like a beautiful tai chi movement or yeah. woomph you know or the, or the 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 mark when you draw you know it's done yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> and, and I, I don't know. I find it sort of sad sometimes that there's so much people are taking in. I mean, I was talking about taking in, and of course I believe in that. But if you take too much in, and then yeah. you don't sit with it mm-hmm. and let it regurgitate and yeah. work its business and do the dance, then it it doesn't come out in yes. a creative way. Yeah. And you, you need to do the dance. I you mean, do. my whole life's about dance, really. The, yeah, the creative process can, I mean, okay, you know, there, there are there are times when it has to be rushed deadlines. I mean, I mean as an illustrator, I, I work to very tight deadlines at times. That's had its own benefits in, in shape. It's forced me to appreciate simplicity and a, and a, and a quick instinctive style. Yeah. But I totally agree that you have to go away and digest this enormous, you know, enormous amount of information we're given Mm. especially now with technology you know where it is 24 7 so oh, i blow up over you know i mean not angrily blow up but uh, like if i have too much computer i, I can't do it i no. i'm just too imbalanced my sides of the brain yeah. i think or something but uh, I, d- I just can't work properly at all so mm. it's completely different yeah. i mean it's interesting because when i listen to choreographers talk i relate to how dancers and choreographers talk Mm. A lot more often than when I hear other visual artists talk yeah. or whatever. It's quite quite interesting. Yeah, you know, it's very. It's very I, I'm really fascinated by. Um, not I don't even know if it's unconventional, but those kind of parallels where it's not. It's 
completely different thing, but there but there are things that that bring oh, everything's them together. Connected. Yeah, of it's course. All connected. I mean, people laugh at me when I talk about you know professional wrestling as an influence in my work, but it is because it's the. I know it's ridiculous and and I know it's over the top, but it's it's this larger than life almost theatre production. But you know, you you're talking about two people in a ring with no sort of commentary, no music that you get on the TV that have to you know entertain twenty thousand fans by, by telling a story in very limited things. So that whole character building, why a certain audience member hates a certain character, loves another one. I'm very fascinated by that, and then all the all the costumes and everything that comes with it. So I just that can grab me from an early age, and it's never gone away. But now. I see the way those stories are told and the build-up and anticipation and everything else. That's, and I guess that applies to any form of writing, whether it's for television or it's in books. But I like to bring that back and put that into my own artwork and it, and it comes out in a completely different way. Yeah. And it goes back to what Andy was saying about putting things in the mind and then it comes out in your way, you know? And that's, mm. that's, that's beautiful about... Uh, Sumo wrestlers. Yeah, and I'm going to j- Japan yeah. um, later, you know, later this year. I met my Japanese pub- yeah, publisher last week. Yeah, I to go to Japan. And I'm really excited. I get to I get to do a whole new book jacket for the Japanese really? version, oh, which wonderful. I'm really excited about. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So, so how did so how did that influence your work then on a more direct level? The um, sort of going east. Did you start to see changes in the way that you painted and created artwork? Um, well, was quite, when I was at college, my great mate was a guy called Emmanuel Jedigi, who is a Euro Euro. I can never pronounce it, Yoruba artist. And he, he he couldn't speak much English when he first came over, or he was very quiet, but we got on absolutely brilliantly. And uh, I think, and I did all these batiks, and I think I was sort of a bit influenced by him. And I started doing all sorts of images that uh, I suppose weren't so obviously Western images. And so when I look back, and I've been looking back at my hundreds and hundreds of drawings I've got everywhere, I mean, I'm just chock-a-block with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I could fill a few rooms with the date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that is necessarily going to happen, but uh, anyway. Um, so, um, to... Did it influence? Yes, I suppose it did. Yes, of course it did. Because, um, but when I first went to Nepal the first time, I remember just stepping off the plane, sort of getting into the streets, and I just, I don't know, I sort of had this weird feeling of coming home. Mm. Sort of like, I always have that when I go to Asia. Mm. I know it sounds a bit sort of. Exaggerated, but I do. I mean, I find it much harder coming back the other way. Although now I'm in London, it's it's sort of a bit better because there's all the yeah. mix. But yeah, I suppose I have. And what, I mean, when um, I used to spend a lot of time in in different galleries in Beijing and different places, and in Bangkok, there's a gallery called the Queen's Gallery, and lots of different. Um, levels and I spend hours in there hours mm. and hours and I suppose in England I spend more time in the British Museum than anywhere because mm. that's the place I really love um, more than say the National Gallery or the Tate I do yeah. sp- seem to spend more time in British Museum so yeah I suppose the imagery probably is influenced I'm sure it is but then there are all these crossovers it's 
it's like living in Herefordshire for a while. There was a church called Kilpeck Church, which was a lot with Romanesque style, and uh, and I saw the images that were round Kilpeck Church on stone carvings in China. So there's all oh, these links all yeah. over the place. You know, yeah. I've always been aware of all these different links from any everywhere. You know, mm. it's not just one place or another. It's you know, across the world, these links. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I mean, the Chinese went across, uh, well, there was this link across to Canada, wasn't there? And yeah. uh, because uh, my grandchildren, who are half dog rib, I mean, they look slightly Chinese. Mm. So uh, there's, I just love all yeah. these links. Me too. And, brilliant. I, and I always like seeing how a certain person from, from a certain place um, artistically represents a, a new new surroundings and a new place. You know, it's like I, I, I talked to Ray Richardson for the show and he was talking about when he went yeah, at, a, at a studio in Chicago and, you know, yeah. and at the moment he said it, you know, and I know I love, love Ray's, Ray's work and there's something yeah. very, um, very sort of filmic about his compositions. But then, I, but then the moment I started to see some of his works from Chicago, it just made total sense. And I was like, mm. oh my God, of course that's Ray Richardson doing Chicago. And I love yeah. that. I, I get excited by the, you know, by me doing something for a Japanese market. You know, I'm really buzzing about that, about seeing what I come back with from Tokyo and what how I tell oh, that story really visually. Yeah, yeah, and that's why yeah. I think travel's imperative. You know, oh, it's one um, of the best. Yeah, it really is. And you can, I mean, now, I don't know. I've always done it really cheaply. Like I don't stay in luxury hotels. I mean, I'm willing. I remember when I was first travelling waking up in a ditch and, uh, you know, literally with slugs on the sleeping bag. And, you know, and, and that's disgusting, that. okay? But I'd rather do that than not travel. Well, this is so it. So that's, as yeah. long as I could get my fair street food, you know, yeah. you, you do it. I do feel sorry for people Somehow. that don't need luxury before they'll do anything. I think, yeah, um, I, I mean, I am to willing to, to live yeah. pretty rough. Yeah. You know? yeah I, I mean, really oh, am, God, because I want the experience. Yeah, and yeah, I'd... God, yeah, completely agree. There's the whole shoestring travel. I've never had any other option, yeah. <laughs> you know. And the and it makes you so observant, and you have, to, especially as a woman travelling on her own, which I've done most of my life. You have to have eyes in the back of your head. I mean, yeah. it's easier now that I'm older. I must admit, because uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not in danger in some ways, and there's more of a respect for older people, mm. even though I feel so young inside. But, uh, <laughs> you are young. You're, young, I am. you're a young and girl. I've, I've danced myself all the way round. I, I remember making loads of friends in Nepal just dancing with the Sherpa ladies yeah. and the Sherpa men. I've just it's always very basic loved human to language, dance. Isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's more, far more primal brilliant. than what we, you know, than the, the tongue. That's for sure. <laughs> so I've all, yeah, I've always um, done a lot of community arts because I, I just believe in it so much what yeah. arts does for people and any Me government too. that cuts arts oh God, is no. completely I've insane so they don't many, have a brain I've had so many ones I mean, on this show about that, that very, is very, uh, just appalling very topic. because so many I mean I remember doing residences and kids that don't particularly fit and I completely understand that because I was always a kid that didn't fit and they do smarts and then everything changes. Mm. All the subjects change, not just because of arts. Of I remember does, in Coventry, yeah. the headmaster there said, 
we were doing murals outside and he said, you can have the school, just do what you want to the school. I mean, you wouldn't get that now because of health and safety and everything. Mm. I had 15-year-old kids up scaffoldings painting and there was one guy that didn't particularly want to join in and um, he used to sit in the shed with the caretakers and I said to him one day, why don't you paint the bins? You know, they're a bit sort of scruffy. Wouldn't you like to paint them? And so he got into painting all these big litter bins like spaghetti cans and all sorts of things. And he was the star of the school. Wow. Yeah. He was the star of the school after that because the whole school was dotted around with all these amazing Fantastic. things that what had been a great idea. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> and the mural and everything else and the head came up to me after and he said the school will never be the same again. And he was so pleased. Yeah. And he he went up to this guy who never went to lessons and things and he said, this is the change in your life. This is now you can do... And just seeing what happened, and I saw that over and over and over again. Yeah. And working with people with just different problems and and this amazing... I don't know, I, there was a residency that I did once and I was offered all these different um, medical conditions like uh, cancer... Um, AIDS, uh, heart attacks, mm. head injuries, all sorts of things. So I thought, right, I'll choose head injuries. So no, I said, I want to do head injuries. Because I know if you get a bang on your head, you might twitch, you might do all sorts of things, because wherever you get the bang on your head affects different parts of the bodies. Mm. So I thought, well, with that, I can bring in... This was working with country kids uh, and... I mean, there is still a lot of racism in the, in different parts of the country. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of it is just ignorance because the kids have never met people from different countries yes. and sort of, oh, you know, just... Anyway, so I, I knew I could bring in everything in that. Acceptance, you know, sort of caring about mm. people, loving kindness, all the most important things. I mean, there's nothing more important than that, is there? No, of nothing. course there isn't. Nothing there in isn't. the world more important than that. No. So uh, this project was, and we worked with Headway, which is the head injury group, and it was just an absolutely magic residency. Just all these people working together with different experiences and different ages and talking about differences and an acceptance. It's just a, so it's just a it tremendous... Was just, and that was through arts. That was yeah. through different ways of finding, joining things together. It's the so ultimate So anyone social. that wants to cut arts... Yeah. their head exam. It's, the, it's the ultimate social activator, you know. It's it's the reason you make. You know, I don't know. It's a whole world, but you know, when I was a kid, it was it was art and sport that brought communities together. That that I would make friends. I would learn to get along with others. I would learn teamwork, respect for whether it was a coach in rugby league or an art tutor at college. It was the same function. I was learning to respect that elder, and they would therefore pass on this wisdom to me. And it was just this. We could go on forever about that, and I have done in the past. I've I've gone. You know, I've sworn quite <laughs> quite a lot on this show about my frustration with the current government's attitude to all the arts. But it's just as plain as day, and, and it's and, obvious, totally and, obvious. You know, I'm, I'm a, you take sport and art out of my life, and I'd probably be out there causing trouble, you know, because I had a lot of excess energy, like most young young people do. Luckily, I was shown great channels for it, and I and I've still got that excess energy, but I always have a great place to put it, you know. Yeah, uh, me too. And that's yeah. what it comes down to, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was very involved. I mean, I was never competitive with sports, but I always loved sports because mm. it was just using my physicality because yeah. I am quite a physical person and it was using that and then with arts as well I mean those two are just 
Yeah. They're I'm doing crucial. a. I'm working on a project crucial, at, the, at the moment crucial. in Markham, and it's a creative regeneration project. So you know, the, a lot of the British seaside towns have become quite run down now because of cheap travel to Europe. Uh, people don't go there like they used to. There's not, not as much money from tourism, etc., etc. So you know, some of the town centres have got a, a lot to be desired. Well, you know, and I'm working on a project where there are six big murals being done throughout the town centre. Um, and they're rebranding the Arndale. There's lots of uh, you know really quite striking pieces of art. And my hope is that people there will will think, well, I, you know, hang on, how's that come about? I'd like to do that. And hopefully it'll just trigger something. Or if if at the, you know, on a very primal level, just make people feel happier about walking around in that town centre. You know, I think there are so many benefits to it uh, yeah. on so many levels. Yeah. Well, I remember working with children in hospitals doing murals, working with people with learning difficulties, doing murals, just mm-hmm. all sorts of... Yeah. Just, that's just great. Yeah, it's Because endless. people... It is, it's endless what can be done and brightening up. I mean, this yeah. cool and keeping... I, mean, I do I do find England a bit strange on colour. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love colour, you mm. know, and I love strong colour. Yeah. And it's... It elates people. It makes people feel good. And yeah. and what's that word that gets used sometimes about colour in England? I think I've forgotten the word. I can't remember. But uh, brash or no, it's not brash. Something about strong colours. Mm. It's beautiful. If you, oh, no, it's <laughs> something like that. But it's no, it wasn't that one. But it's something yeah. like that. But you think in the old days, I mean, they used to have bright green rooms and yeah. all sorts of colour was yeah, used. Yeah, I love that about India. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Asia pink, is pink doors, bright Asia green doors. Is you know, Thailand, that. pink taxes. Yeah. Uh, just, it's full of colour. Yeah. Full, full of colour. And I just love that. And it, it I find it elating. And yeah. It, uh, and I'll keep using it. I mean, I grind my own pigment a lot of the time, and I have, to, you know, I've always wanted really good quality, and that's always been a priority. You know, I'd rather not go to the pub or wherever yeah. else you go and spend your money or have the best this or that. If I've got some, I'd rather, you know, I've it's, I've been obsessed with getting materials so that at mm. least I can put the best quality out there yeah. and I think that's really yeah. important I, mean, I, I, write a, I write a monthly column for Design Week at the moment and the last column was about um, investing in your work and, and I, I was making the point that I will, you know, me and Laura will clash over what beans we're buying she wants high and I say, <laughs> I say no and yet in the same day I went and spent 350 quid on a 3D print of my own head that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. where my perception yeah. of money lies me too. You know? I'm like I that. won't think twice about throwing it at my work but when it comes to just you know, oh, well, you know why do we have to have SIF bleach why can't we just buy the cheap one yeah. I, I'm shocking I'm just the same I'm just the same yeah no art materials come to first <laughs> Oh God! So, so about your show then? Because um, I've touched on it briefly, but we didn't really talk about that. So, um, so it's happening at Thames Barrier Print Studio, which is where our studios not are. The print Studio. Sorry, no, it's not. Of course, it's not. That my head's gone there. <laughs> print got, Studio's got, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that wrong. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's no format gallery. Of, that's co- of course, it, that's yeah. It. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Caroline and I share a, a studio facility at second floor, Studios and Arts, which is between. Uh, Woolwich and Greenwich and Caroline's got a solo show coming up in July June June I will get something hey you're not doing this (laughs) 
very well. Yeah, I'll let you tell us more. Okay, June the 9th is the preview. Yeah. Actually, I haven't got the dates of the whole thing. You have to add that. Yeah, I'll be in the show notes. Um, yeah, June the 9th is the preview, and everyone's welcome, and I hope mm. they come, and it'd be nice to have party afterwards or something. Yeah. You know, I'd just like to make a celebration. Yeah. I want to make a big celebration, and... And it's a big space, and there'll be a whole load of mixed media stuff. Mm. There's paintings, drawings, prints, um, yeah. textile work, um, maybe some copper work. Well, yes, some copper work, but hopefully some more copper work that I'm going to work on. Um, just a complete mix. So, yeah. uh, and some, hopefully, some film on dance, different dance, and uh, well. We'll see what happens, you know, it's sort of create as I go along, really. So, yeah. But I'm beginning to get quite excited about it. It's a, nice big, it's a nice big space. Yeah, you know, every time I see your works in, in your studio, you know, I'm, 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 I really want to see them, I'm wanting to see them just out and about, you know, I want to see them hanging on gallery walls and, you know, people celebrating them because yeah. it is such an amazing range of colour and, and energy. And well, they have been in the past, but... Uh, like London's a whole new thing now. I mean, it's diff- having just come back to London. I mean, I had a big exhibition in seven nine eight in Beijing, and uh, that was great. Mm. And I loved the way they hung, they curated it and hung it, and um, and the Chinese. It was great. They looked and looked and looked, and they were fascinated, yeah. which was really good. Um, so yeah, I have had lots of exhibitions over the past, but uh, I could do with a nice big show in yeah. London. How do, you, how do you find the whole process? Because I mean, I'm someone who, I, I'm not, as I mentioned, I had my first show in Belarus, but that was curated by the people at the gallery. I, I, yeah. It's a whole unknown world to me. Um, it's not, you know, a lot of my work is to a brief and ends up on a printed page or in a mm. campaign. So it's not, mm. it, it's a world, you know, I certainly want to do shows moving forward, but how have you found, how do you find the whole experience of, you know, the well, logistics of it? Well, or? it's changed. I mean, for me, it's changed a lot because when I was in London way back, I was always asked to have exhibitions. Mm. I had a lot of exhibitions and in universities and different spaces and uh, I was asked. But now it seems like you've got to pay for spaces mm. unless you're a big, big name and everyone wants you to sh- show your work. But, I mean, it's it's tricky and, and, again, you have to be good at all the digital stuff, which I'm not. Mm. Um, so I think it's very... but it. I want it to go out more. You know, it's frustrating. Yeah. I've got a lot of work to show, and I know it enlivens people. And I, I mean, I want it to go out. Of course, I do, and I need to sell it and everything else. Mm. You know, I need to keep going. <laughs> need to keep my studio and everything. But um, it's. I think it's very difficult now. It's quite a problem. Yeah. Space is a problem in London, isn't it? Very much so. And uh, it would be nice if some of the big galleries could have a bit more respect for you know us lot that have been going for a long time and and people do mm-hmm. like the work or not they don't have to like it but there's respect for it whatever yeah. you know that uh, it gives yeah, someone you know you're treated as a serious artist I mean I I don't like to go on about it too much because um I don't know I have some a friend in Round Oxford, she she was talking to a gallery owner, and he admitted that they have they always have way way more male artists than female artists, mm. um, and they 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 know they do, and they do that. Yeah. And I mean that's that's not really right because no. uh, 
I have been dedicated to arts all my life. Yeah. You know, and totally, as much as anybody, <laughs> I really have. And I think we need to all be out there, you know, and, and uh, we've all got something to offer in different ways. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's very difficult. I think it's very difficult. Yeah. And we need people that will take risks, and it's not all about... Well, it is about money, isn't it, the gallery thing now? Sadly, yeah. A lot of it, yeah. which I think, is sad. I think sad, that's that, well, it is, know? it is. People want guarantees, people yeah. want no... I mean, uh, yes, of course, we need, we need to earn a living, we need money, but yeah. uh, but arts is tricky. I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's tricky. I mean, I'm not very good at playing games. No. You know, I'm pretty straight, pretty direct... Mm. a marmite person <laughs> i think i think there are a lot of parallels to the music industry and in, in that you've got this elite manufactured almost clinical end of the scale where there's a lot a lot of money in there but it's all the currency is you know social media and brand and everything else then you've got this amazing eclectic range of new stuff going on but actually the what's happening there there's this great void in the middle and it's so hard to make any money if you're anywhere but that sort of elite end and that's that's a problem you know and also it's very repetitious yeah i can't help i mean i saw loads of installations in china and they were amazing and they were such an incredible mix mm. of of skills like there was draw just all sorts just really amazing installations yeah. um but you know, you need other things as well. It's sort of, I don't know what more to say. I think it is, it's, I'm not very impressed with uh, no. lots of things I see round and about the place. No, I, I agree. But everybody's having, I mean, it's great they're all having go. So it, everything's yeah. full of contradictions. It know, is, endless it is. Contradictions. It's, it's a real I'll say field. one thing and then I immediately, my mind goes and thinks, but yeah. what about that, yeah. what about that? So the whole, so that's why, in a way, sometimes I'm happier saying nothing because I just watch and observe, and it's sort of actions, not words. I think it's almost, you know, there's a collectivity that needs needs to come together soon, almost. You know, as Andy Sandor said on my last episode, and Don Letts said, who was a big part of the punk and reggae movement in the seventies, they both sort of said, "Where's the punk? What, What is? What's now's punk? You know, what's?" Where is it? You know, Don Letts of why are people mm. still asking me about punk? Uh, what's, where's now? Where's the anger? Where's the backlash? You know, it's almost like it's, I don't know, te- text good and bad for that. I don't want to go down there because I know that's a whole rabbit hole. But, um, do you know, I, I don't know. I, I think there needs to be a coming together of, 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 like you said, there needs to be risk and there needs to be a bit more punk and a bit more attitude. But the then, but then you said, where's the anger? Mm. But where's the joy? Well, you know, it, yeah. it's just like, okay. There's anger. There's showing all the the bad things. Mm. It's like lots yeah. of the Vien- Venice Biennale was all pretty aggressive. You know, yeah. there was quite a lot of showing the negative. Yes, okay, yeah. we need to know, but you know, the, everybody's spewing that out. Yes, I agree. It would be yeah. quite good to say, "Hey, wow, look at the sky. Look at the," and not just in a landscape yeah. painting, but yeah. The joy it's inside. Passion, isn't it? Whatever, the passion. Whatever I mean, it is, whatever take, your standpoint. People, people take drugs. People drink a lot. You know, we, we do, maybe we do that or whatever. But 
actually the biggest high is without anything. Of course and it is. Pure joy. Yeah, it's that and why not, of belonging. Why not and that in our got work? something to say, yeah. Yeah, why not that pure joy can go into your work? Yeah. I mean it's the opposite to pain, but there's so much pain, so really we need a lot of joy now. Yeah, you can, and that's well, what I want to do. I want to put as, out I joy. think as artists and creators, we have a responsibility to transform that into something positive and show that yeah. you can funnel yeah. that stuff into something yeah. great. And, and you know, anger is not necessarily... If, if you take it just simply as anger, then of course it's a negative emotion. But you feed that into something quite positive. Yeah, it well, it's, really the en- powerful, it's about it? energy, isn't it? Yes, of course. It doesn't necessarily need to be anger, but it's no. about an energy yeah. that uh, can be used yeah. in... in Moving things on, yes. you know, and trying to, I mean, it's so, it's, but again, you come back to, oh, it's so complex. Yeah, that's but, it. I mean, that's in a way, I think, why I do a lot in a lot of paintings. Yeah. And some people say, where's the space? Well, there is a sort of pace, but I'm also interested in, because everything's complex, and trying to get this enormous diversity to work together into a whole so that's why I have a lot in the painting sometimes, or the textiles. I yes. mean, my textiles are really, there's a lot in them. Yeah. <laughs> when you well, see I, those. Well, I think we talked about, about energy there and joy. I, I implore my listeners to come and see Caroline's show in June because it is just abound with energy and colours and a fascinating mark making and experience and just. It blows me away, so you have to come and see it. <laughs> ah, thank and you. That's not a cheap plug. That's just a that's, that's a brash plug. I'm happy to to to, uh, to go all out on that one. <laughs> come yeah. and dance. Come and Absolutely dance. Absolutely, come down and have a drink and a dance and, and take it all in because it's amazing. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, the last part that I always ask my guests, I was I call it the shark in the tank after the Demi Nurse piece because I know it's so loved and hated. Yeah, I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> so I asked someone for a love and a hate and it can be as it can be as big as you want, it can be as current and trivial as you like. It's, it doesn't have to be anything. Oh, you could have warned me of that question. No, nah, I never was. People, people ask me, but I always leave out because it, it's, a, it's an on-the-spot question, but it can, be as play, it can be as playful or as serious as you like. Oh, there? dear. There's no right or wrong answer. No, it, I know. I'm not thinking right and wrong. I just want to... <laughs> I will immediately later think, oh no, I wish I'd seen Everyone that. does, everyone does, it's hilarious. Uh, um, 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 oh, oh, how long have you got to wait? <laughs> um, oh. What's my negative? Fussing. I can't stand it if people fuss too much. <laughs> it drives me bonkers. What do you mean? It's just like, well, I don't What's know. What's that fussing? What you I don't know. It's just, uh, about petty things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, all that silly drives stuff. me really. We're getting onto a tube platform in the morning because it's four minutes the to the next twist. tube. You know, I just think there's so much. You know, people are starving. People are falling down, breaking their leg. You know, all sorts of horrific things are yeah. happening in the world, and to fuss about petty little things. Yeah. That does so waste drive of energy, me isn't it? nuts. So dancing. Yep. Singing, <laughs> we can all do that. I mean, one of the best performances I ever saw, I think it was Candace, this um, group, and this guy had no arms, no legs, just a torso, and he was dancing in his wheelchair and his eyes, and I'll never forget that image. It was one of wow. the most beautiful images yeah. I've ever seen, and it gave out such pure yeah. light and just creativity. It was Brilliant. Wow. Wow. Brilliant. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I love it when people just start singing. 
and mm. dancing in the bus or wherever. That's a great answer. And I just love that. Yeah. I just think, yeah, bring out your joy. Yeah. And so I think that's wonderful. There we go. That's a fun. Well, there you go. That's a brilliant answer for love. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Well, uh, and also just where can people check, where can people see your work? What's your website address? Um, uh, CarolineHands.co.uk Perfect. It's right. not been updated recently, but yeah. it, it has got an enormous amount on it. You have to keep click, click, clicking it. Super. But I should update it. Perfect. But... Well, I'll put all these details in the show notes. Uh, okay. And do come and check out Caroline's show in June because it's going to be brilliant. Oh, thanks, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. If I can get even an eighth of the experiences in Caroline's career and life and that excitement, I will be a lucky boy. I hope you felt that too. Um, Real energy there, a real passion about her painting, a real lack of uncompromise, uh, which is inspiring stuff. And every time I meet Caroline, I'm just fascinated by what she's working on and the new compositions. And she's always got new stories for me. Um, so please do come down to No Format Gallery on June the 9th and check out her brand new show, White Bird Flew to Blue. It's brilliant and it's really worth the time coming down from 6pm. Come and say hello, come and have a glass of wine, come and have a dance, as Caroline said. She's a real character and you will not regret it. She's what makes art great. You really should come down actually to the uh, open studios from the 2nd to the 5th of June down uh, Harrington Way in Woolwich. Um, it's SC18 5NR, same postcode as where Caroline's exhibition is going to be in the on-site gallery, which will be open all throughout that time. Um, come down, say hello, come meet myself, come meet Caroline, come and see over 400 creative people's work and studio spaces and get a real feel for what it's like down where, where we, we work. We're blessed with a real all-singing, all-dancing uh, studio and artist facility. That's uh, secondfloor.co.uk. You can check out all the details on there. Um, brilliant stuff. So check in soon. We've got episodes coming up with children's book illustrator Duncan Beattie uh, of Illustration Limited, show sponsors. Adrian Shaughnessy, Rod Hunt, Stephen Bliss, who did the Grand Theft Auto front cover artworks. We're not messing around. We've got Crafty Fox uh, founder Sinead Kohler coming up, uh, bringing us tips on the maker scene. Not playing games. Get us some suggestions at Arrest All Mimics on the Twitter, facebook.com forward slash Arrest All Mimics. And, of course, soundcloud.com forward slash Arrest All Mimics. Tell a friend, share the show, subscribe on iTunes, and keep coming back and listening. They're only going to get better. So thanks as ever for tuning in, guys, and thanks to Illustration Limited and Heart Internet, uh, our show sponsors, again. And I will look forward to seeing you all soon. Take care, guys.